Welcome to the place where we like to sprinkle a little bit of glitter to get you feeling good and a little gossip because we just can't live without it. I'm your host, Kelly Hudgens, Chappie, and this is Glitter Gossip. As you all know, we got a full house. I got my girl, Jen Myers. Mernin' mernin'. Good morning. <laughs> I got my girl Kelly M with Guilty Until Proven Fabulous. Hello. And my co-hostess with the most is Miss Chrissy Langwa. How you doing today, my friend? Good. How are y'all? Doing well. So we have a pretty exciting show today. We got mm-hmm. Mr. Christopher Laney in the hizzy. In the host. Good morning. Thank y'all for having me back. It's awesome to Always have you Always a back. pleasure. I do have trivia. You want to do a little trivia? Oh, I like some music trivia. All right, let's do a little trivia to get the, the blood flow in here. Yeah, we got to get our, our coffee our coffee kicking yeah. in, so let's so trivia it out. Brain I'm excited. Firing. Let's see how that will kick y'all's butts today. All right. So it is kind of easy music trivia. It is 80s women, like, girl power songs. Sorry. Okay. But he probably knows them. Yeah. <laughs> he said he's going to nail it. I'm so, not. I'm not. So everybody had a great weekend? Yeah, man. Yesterday was my first uh, kickball game. How'd it go? We didn't win, but we – Put up a damn good fight. Sorry. Okay. Weird. Okay. So right. we're gonna skip that one because y'all know that one. Y'all know that one. I'm coming. Out. I mean, I know the yeah. song. I just don't, I don't know. know the, the, I don't remember the original. That is the original. Yeah, I don't know who sings the original. Um, Does can I? Know? Wait yeah. a minute. It's um, Cindy Lauper. Well, here, look, no. I'll play it. I don't know. Second. Let's hear. I don't know. Okay, let's I think. think. I That's love. Um, okay, so that is definitely. Um, so are we supposed to name the person uh, and like the artist and the it's, song? It's, I'm yeah. coming out. Yeah. Okay, I got one. Got one. Um, it's a. It, is it a group or a single artist? It's a single person. She okay. would be a diva. Like Aretha? Close. It's um, Patti LaBelle. Diana Ross. Diana Ross. That was my next guess. Y'all are very very close. No, I (laughs) wasn't. Very close. (laughs) Let's see. Next one. Next diva. Damn. I'm going to be terrible at this. Is it Aretha Franklin? It is not. I feel like it should be. Tina Turner. Oh, Cindy Lauper. Pat. Pat Benatar. Love is a Battlefield. Mm-hmm. Pat Benatar, Love is a oh, Battlefield. Oh, well, I thought I gave up after Kelly got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's two. Okay, there's okay, the... okay. I'm not going to hold back again. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's from 13 going on 30. That's what I was, thought I was going to see. Love is uh, a yeah, Battlefield. Yeah, I just saw it. Yeah. Okay. Love is a Battlefield. Cindy Lauper. Oh, uh. <laughs> you oh, thought. Um, you thought. Yeah. Wow, I am loud. What is... Is it Celine? No. Uh, oh, it's um, it is. What's her name? It's um. I've never. I don't know this song. It's from Flashdance for sure. Yeah, it is Flashdance. Flash what a feeling! That's the name of it, and it is. It's what's her name? It's old girl. You no, said it's it. not. Uh, you have not said her name. <laughs> um, it's Flashdance. What a feeling by. Yeah. 
Irene Cara. Oh. Okay, I don't know anyone's names, but I know the name of the songs. No. Yeah, neither. I, so I did get a half point? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, Share. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know. I'm just throwing them out there. Oh, I know this one. Um, some of the flash dance songs. I don't know. Gloria. Oh, Gloria Stefan. No, I Gloria. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Brannigan. Oh, no. The name of the song is Gloria. 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 Yeah. Laura Brannigan. Okay. Yeah. You're doing pretty bad. Yeah, for somebody that swore. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm getting my ass kicked. Well, it's not all the popular women of the 80s. Cindy Lauper. If we just keep guessing know, Cindy Lauper, it'll come up eventually. <laughs> it is Madonna. Y'all be quiet. What song is this? I know. That, you didn't I don't get know the that song. I can't play the chorus, and I can only play 15 seconds of the well, song. Well, I know it's Madonna. It's Papa Don't Preach. Oh, yeah. It's not my favorite one. I'm not yeah. a Madonna fan. Yeah, yeah. I like Madonna likes cones. Yeah. <laughs> Live to Tell. And the Preacher Boys. My you know? <laughs> but the one where, where they're in, like, the, the church. The video. The Y'all video. don't remember that? I remember the video. I was, like, a kid. They were in the church. A little black boy came, and then, like, there was, like, a... There was, like, a blood tr- blood dripping tear from the eye what song was that like a virgin or something <laughs> i don't know i think so i don't know all right that's all that it's giving me today i might have more no, we by suck. the end of the show okay. yeah that really got my get... confidence just yeah that didn't do anything it. for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i feel um, tired got y'all talking yes it's well it. we are talking and <laughs> i want to talk about cannabis for warriors healing american heroes so Christopher, tell us about that. Yeah, first of all, thank you all for having me back on, and thank you all for letting me come talk about it and kind of spread some awareness of what we're trying to do. Uh, The idea for it came last year by the founder and president, Zach Thibodeau, who's out of Lake Charles, Louisiana. And the reasoning is is kind of what we talked, a little bit of what we talked about last time. There's, you know, there's, there's different numbers, but the number that's thrown around a lot is 22 veterans a day are dying from suicide. When you throw in accidental overdoses, that number jumps to about 50 per day. Wow. And this is similar to the civilian, the non-veteran population. There's nothing, nothing crazy out of order for the veteran population, but it is slightly higher. So in August of this year, we at uh, the medical marijuana program was set up, and we actually have right now. That right? happened. You can, you can go to your, you can go to local physician. You can uh, go to your local your salon and pick up your CBD oils and lotions. That's right. You Even can salons. CBD. There's still a lot of. Um, weird questions about cbd and what you can do and where you can get it and stuff like that the laws are in flux but yeah it helps and if it helps anybody uh, i hope they they can get it the problem with the marijuana with the actual medical marijuana um, product that we have is it's really expensive the way the legislators did um you know had the idea for the medical marijuana program there's only two people or two companies that can produce it so based on i mean simple economics to me 
supply and demand, there's, there's a lot of demand and not a lot of supply, so it's very expensive. So people are still going to their neighborhood drug dealers. Right. People are still having to either do it illegally or just deal with the regular prescriptions that the VA will give because the VA is not going to not gonna allow medical marijuana for a very long time, even if it's legal in their state. The physicians can't even recommend it. Um, so the veteran or, um, or really anybody has a choice between if they want to use marijuana, getting it illegally or paying an outrageous fee. So our hope and our idea and our mission is to help provide some financial assistance to some of the veterans and first responders that could benefit from medical marijuana the most, but just simply can't afford it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these guys and girls are so severely disabled that they can't really work and they can't work in a meaningful way to be able to make enough money to provide for this type of medication. Uh, and we don't think that you should have to suffer mentally or physically just because you can't afford to buy medication. And it's, it's just like such so stupid to me that it's like you have to break the law in order to get help at this point. And then there's other issues that come along with it too. When you go to Dirty Joe down the road and get it, you don't know what it's laced with. You don't know what the concentration level is. You don't know what you're buying. Whereas if you can go to a store, a dispensary, a pharmacy, what have you, it has the labels. You know what you're buying. You know that it hadn't been tainted. You know it's been tested. Uh, so the regulation is good. It's just way too expensive and people can't afford it. Yeah. So until the laws change and until the laws catch up to the idea that cannabis is not dangerous, the stigma is changing. Uh, but until that time, we're going to do what we're doing and we're going to raise funds to try to help these men and women be able to afford it as much as we can. So to that end, uh, a little pitch here where, where I gave you all some sheets. We're doing what we call Operation Warrior Relief, trying to raise, we're taking donations. We're trying to raise enough funding to provide six Louisiana veterans or first responders financial assistance to cover all of their medical doctor visits and all of their medication for a full year. That's amazing. So we think this will cost about $3,500 per person per year. So we're trying to raise about $20,000 in a really short amount of time. Uh, we may not get there, but even if we can help provide this to one person, we'll right. still be really, really excited about yeah, it. Yeah, that would be great. Mm -hmm. So how did you stumble upon this, or how did it stumble upon you? So I watched, um, I keep track of the legislation, uh, both on the state and the federal level, as much as I can with everything else I have going on. And I watched some testimony uh, in front of the House, or excuse me, the state legislators this past session. And I watched a couple veterans testify, and one in particular, Zach Thibodeau, was beginning this this uh, organization. So I reached out to him and just said, hey, look, I like the idea. I think it's worthwhile. If you need some help, please let me know. And uh, relationships started growing. We started talking, and then I, I offer, told him what I could offer him and uh, signed on to be a, a, a board member and the director of public relations uh, about two months ago. Well, congratulations. That's Thank amazing. You. We're still trying to build our team. We're, we're learning from our mistakes. We're growing. Uh, but Absolutely. I think the mission is worthwhile, and, and we're in this for the long haul. I mean, this is something we're going to do not just for a year or two. We're, we want to do this until we're just not needed anymore, which hopefully that time does come. Yeah, what are you guys doing for fundraising? So fundraising, we're again, we're learning as we go. We're selling T-shirts. I brought some T-shirts for y'all to look at, actually. Uh, so we're selling T-shirts. They're $22 a piece. All the donations go straight to our mission. Uh, we're also taking donations both in money and in kind, which means we're partnering with um, CBD stores, physicians, uh, pharmacies, uh, uh, dispensaries and, and in growers across the nation to offer either exclusive discounts or free product to our members. That's Very amazing. Cool. You know, you like, since I've met you and had you on our podcast and had you on our television show, people feel like they can talk to me about marijuana 
openly <laughs> so much more than they did before. And it's crazy because the people that are coming to me are older professionals. They're not college kids mm -hmm. or, you know, high school students like, hey, I want to get some weed. It's like adults are like, yes, like I don't understand why this is still like this. And it's just educated people and mm -hmm. older people. And it's just not the stereotypical pothead that you would think. And that's really good to hear, actually. Yeah, um, it I, I think blew that my mind. Kind for of. that conversation to change and for that stigma to change, those types of conversations do need to happen. Mm -hmm. It needs to be understood. Oh, we all went through the same D.A.R.E. program. We all got told the same information about marijuana, how it was bad, and what it did to you. And almost all of that information was incorrect. Uh, and we know now that it was incorrect then, and they knew it was incorrect. And now the conversation does need to steer to not what all the wrongs that have been done, but, but steer how can to, we correct How it can we just steer that program, which I think is very important, into the right direction and take that stigma? You know, maybe kids should still think that weed is mm -hmm. bad. You know, maybe that is good so mm -hmm. that they don't start it so young. Yeah, there should still be like a legal age. Absolutely. But I think that it should be closer to home when it comes to, hey, needles are bad. Hey, don't take pills that are in a prescription bottle that belong to someone else because you don't know what it can do to you. For instance, when I was in high school, I took this long, skinny pill that was yellow. Had no idea what it was. Somebody gave it to me in first hour. By second hour, I was projectile vomiting all over the school. And it's just like no one told me what it was. Yeah. I was ignorant. I just wanted to be cool like everyone else. And I ended up taking something really bad. They didn't go over what a Xanabar was in D.A.R.E. program. Right. And so or how serious that so was. So you ask, what can we do to change that? And you're, and you're doing it uh, by having me on and by talking to other people, just having that conversation, letting people know, like, look, this is this is not the marijuana that you were taught about. We were given false information for whatever the reason. It, it's kind of, to me right now, the reason we were given false information is irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. To me now, it's okay, where do we go from here? Right. And where we go from here is talking. And people like you, successful, grown individuals who, whether you use marijuana or not, if you're okay with it and you understand it and you're not ignorant to what it is, just talking about it, mm, uh, that can help. And, and, and you're right. I mean, there's, I see a lot of people talk to me about, well, well now marijuana is legal. We don't want people showing up high on the job. Okay. I get that. And there needs to be regulations. There needs to be rules. People certainly don't need to be driving when they're under the influence of anything. Kids don't need to have access to it. We need to be taking the proper precautions, but cannabis is not any more dangerous and I would argue even safer than most of the medications you right. can get prescribed and some that you can get over the counter. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say, too, in the same way that, well, I wouldn't want somebody to take, like, an Oxycontin and then try to come to work. Exactly. Like, we, you know, we, but it's legal. Out for less I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't want to drink a bunch of NyQuil and come to work. Right. You know? I wouldn't. Yeah. That's I more wouldn't. dangerous than cannabis. Exactly. Mm. Don't take a bunch of Sudafed. Right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> right. <laughs> no Sudafed, man. Yeah. That shit is crunk. It should be illegal. Don't, don't start robo-tripping on the job. <laughs> right. Same thing. Don't you know? Take painkillers and get behind the wheel of a car. Or I feel drink like it's a beer. yeah. I feel like yeah. it's just you know? one of those. It's like it should be understood. Yeah, exactly. kind of things like they're and the laws are in place, but also you should just. There's be a always going to be someone that's going to take advantage of any situation, oh, any law, yeah. and I just hope that in this particular situation, those people aren't publicized, made publicized, and that's exactly what's and been instead of the people that are doing everything. You, there's going to be a thousand people doing it right, but that one person that does something stupid is going to be all over the news. And it's going to throw so much shade on how far we've come. Right. It'll fit the agenda real well. Well, there's a perfect example of that that happened probably about four months ago. There was in, uh, uh, I can't remember the title of their name. Who, who does aut autopsies? The corner. Oh, yeah, corner. There was a corner in one of the local parishes close by that said that he found the first death 
caused only by THC. What? So it was really, really controversial. I still, I don't actually know how it I came out. I think I need to what look at that body. About it. I, I think he was wrong. Yeah, but, uh, but even if he was, yeah. even if he was right, even if he was right. That's and the it, first it one the in first all this time. death caused by THC, it was one. Yeah. Now count the number of opioid deaths. Right. Uh, heroin. Uh, anything. Yeah. Alcohol. Yeah, tobacco. I was about to say, yeah, drunk drivers. Um, yeah. And that's not to say that we should forget about it and overlook it it needs to be it needs to be studied and it needs to be all the all the risks need to be studied but it's not as dangerous as people think it is right it's just not yeah well i mean and if you're going to compare it in that sense like you know you get on a plane you'll get in your car every day all these things are risk life's a risk right one death in baton rouge is a risk yeah (laughs) yeah definitely yeah so i don't want to come across as saying like there are no risks associated with it there are But they're kind of diminished or they're kind of small in comparison to some of the other options that we have to deal with mental and physical pain. And if it, regardless of uh, taking account of the risk, given the amount of benefit that it, that it offers to people, uh, because the medical, the medical and scientific evidence is out there. It's, I mean, it's, 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 it's abundant that this stuff helps and in different ways, different variations, it's not going to help everybody the same way. It's not going to affect me the same way it affects you. But if it helps anybody, we need to be exploring it, and we need to be offering it to people and making sure that they have access to it. Right, and at the end of the day, too, it's also you have to remember that nobody's holding a gun to your head, and you're like, you need to smoke weed now. It's legal. Right, you have to right, do it. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. it's just like a, yeah. Right. we now have the option for people that want it and need it. Right. If it's not your cup of tea, mm-hmm. don't I do know. it. That's I don't understand nobody's, why, like, nobody has, you don't have to right. do it. Pennington Biomedical Research Center, you know, like, that's a huge place. I mean, I don't know why they're not doing smoke studies there. You know, why aren't we? We have this huge facility with all these scientists, doctors, and, you know, people who are just about learning about drugs, learning about what they do, the side effects they, you know, give people. Who knows? Maybe they have or There are certain studies like that that go on. The problem is it's still classified as a Schedule One narcotic. So there's not a lot of – they're restricted in what research they can do. Or publish. They can, right. They can only get medical-grade cannabis from one place in the whole United States. It's in Oxford, Mississippi, at the University of Mississippi. That should have been the University of LSU, remember? It should have been. <laughs> Louisiana yes. State University. Yeah. Aren't they growing it at LSU? They are growing mm-hmm. it. At, so GB Sciences is running the program through LSU. Alara Holistic, I think I'm saying that right, is running the program through Southern University. And they have grow houses, and they have they have everything set up. And and GB Sciences is the one that that yes has product right now and is growing. Okay. It. Yeah. But again, the restrictions and the rules and right. the I think they the got laws in trouble for like are so yeah, in flux and so crazy. A lot of people don't really know what the hell's going on. Yeah. And what's with this? Aren't they opening that? The like I guess it's not really a dispensary, but. The medical shop on Essen. It is, is open. Mm-hmm. It is open officially now. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago there was the first medical marijuana sale ever. Right. Ever. So the so the procedure for that, any physician can go and, and get certified to write a recommendation for medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. If if that's what the patient and the doctor decide is best for them. But they the doctor can do has that. to get a certification to the be doctor able has to. to I, I don't know exactly what that entails, uh-huh. but they have to do some sort of yeah. training, which is good. Okay. Um. So you yeah. can go to your doctor and tell them and discuss with him or her that you think medical marijuana is what would be best for you, whatever your ailment is. There's nine preconditions that you can be qualified for. I don't know what they are. 
It's um, having three kids, one of them. It should be. Uh, <laughs> it's just existing what is it, like, as a yeah. human being. <laughs> it's just like a really stressful life. I have glaucoma. Yeah. <laughs> I have glaucoma, Being, too. I'm an adult. That should be enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm over 18. Yeah. Did yeah. that help? I'm trying to survive in the world. <laughs> right. might be over That's 29. Yeah. But with the pharmacies, the one that opened up, there's nine pharmacies that are allowed to actually hand it out. In Louisiana? In Louisiana, cool. right. So they get you get a recommendation, which is essentially a, a prescription. You take the recommendation to the pharmacy, and they'll give you the product, your medicine. They have one completely THC, one completely CBD, and one mixed CBD and THC. But they are expensive. So in, like, traditional marijuana street style, is that a mixture of all of that, or is that just THC? So that d- I'm, yeah, I'm not really <laughs> an expert on that, but I know it's it's kind of a mix. Uh, from there's sativa, I'm sure there's, and then there's um, what's the indica. Uh, indica. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them will kind of put you to sleep. One of them will make it a little more uppity, not uppity, but uh, mm-hmm. and there's also a good blend. That's and there's there most is. of them, from what I understand, hybrid. are a blend. Hybrid. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, I'm not sure. What you'll get the product that I keep talking about. It's a tincture bottle. So it's a bottle about this tall, a little dropper that you drop underneath your tongue. They are coming. They did get authorized well, to do a smokable, <laughs> but it's it's going to be like an inhaler. So yeah, not not quite as fun. But so if, you it, if it offers like, relief, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's cool. So what do you know about Roundabout? Like what it's costing per prescription? So it's it's different. I think it's different per pharmacy or per location. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's different whether you get the THC or CBD or the mix. Yeah, because obviously this isn't covered by your insurance. Right. It's not covered by insurance. And that's that's one of the issues, and that's one of the reasons behind CFW. Like schedule one's got right. to go. But I do know the founder, Zach Thibodeau, went and he, he registered. He got a recommendation. He went and got, got one of the bottles of THC, and it cost him $195. <gasps> Holy moly. And that was – I don't want to say the numbers. I can't remember exactly what the numbers are. Uh, I want to say it was like 600 milligrams, or I could be wrong on that. Uh, but anyway, he said that it, that would have lasted him about six or seven days for two hundred dollars. Yeah. So obviously, like this street price is yeah. way cheaper. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Much cheaper. I like like, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. about. Would y'all know this? A quarter of what they're asking for it at the pharmacy. Well, I don't know how much marijuana costs. Right. Well, it sounds a little high. I call a friend and see. Yeah, I know a guy. As who I have been guy. doing My some friend research. told me one time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just asking for a friend. I've been doing some research lately, and um, the street price is about twenty dollars a gram. Right. And that's like not even if you're getting the hookup. Not even if you're like dapping your drug dealer. Mm. But as I've been told by some of our college students that come into the salon. $20 a gram. Is I think that's what I paid in high school. I think that's what, like, the going rate. And, I'm, again, this is if you don't – this is if you're if your boy – this isn't your boy selling it. This is just regular pricing. Markup price. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, and how, how much was that? That was, I think, 600 milligrams. I could be, I could be wrong on it. But it, for it, – and d- different people would need different dosages. Uh, based on your tolerance and your weight and mm-hmm. all this, all of this stuff that doctors know about, and I don't. Uh, but he said that he claimed that that would last him about six or seven days. Yeah, and that was a month so, supply. I think so. Yeah. It's like but breaking like case said, of it's, emergency. It's different kind of for stuff. everybody. It'll be different for you than it would be for me. Yeah. Um, just based mm-hmm. on all these right. different Usage factors. Yeah. yeah. Right, and we're still. It's this is still a baby situation. Yes. They have to grow. Have to make more. Figure out how to price it. 
well, appropriately. Well, in Louisiana. And then we have to get it out of a Schedule 1 so that maybe yeah. some insurance. That's, we could talk about that. I insurance covering one, it up. Number some. one issue. I agree. Sure. Yeah. And that I means agree. that there's no Schedule 1. It means no medical purpose. Right. Right. Schedule 1, and this may not be the exact verbiage, but essentially means that there's, there's no known medical uh, benefit and that it's highly addictive. That's, That's so funny. stupid. It's, it's crazy. Yes, it, it's absolutely insane. I mean, uh, especially with all the evidence that's that's always been there. It's not like this stuff is just coming out. It's, I, yeah. it's crazy that like you can get you can go and do crystal meth or smoke a joint and be equally as in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like you could literally burn your brain, cells, lose all your teeth, look ratchet as hell, and stay up for a week, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be just as much uh, in trouble. As the guy that hit the joint and passed out. In theory. Blows my mind. And that's a whole huge other issue that I think we talked about last time I was here. Yeah. People are still going to prison for this. Yep. Where there's people making millions of dollars (sighs) off of the exact same thing, and yet we got people here in Louisiana going to prison for it. Yep. It's a a shame. Yep. It is. Really. It truly is. is. I'm just ready for the entire state to get on board. When the entire state decriminalizes this, I think it's just going to push us to the next level to where people Mm -hmm. can. Uh, But. Yeah, you know. I mean, that has to happen, but federally, that Schedule 1 has to go away. Absolutely. Or nothing's going to happen. So, I mean, is that Schedule 1 just here still? I mean, so how far does that Schedule 1 reach? narcotic, is, that's the federal rule. So, federal trumps state on everything. The way that states are getting away with it, the way that Louisiana is able to do this, the way that Colorado is able to have pretty much whatever they want to do, is that the federal government is allowing this under the 10th the Amendment, which is police powers. So, police powers are governed by the states. So they're saying, all right, you guys can control the medical marijuana because you can decide if you want to enforce it or not enforce it. That's how it's happening. The federal government could still come in. The DEA, whoever, mm-hmm. could still come into any one of these states and shut everything down if they chose to. Mm-hmm. They're like- not because I, I think they're still confused on what's happening, and the public opinion on it is is really high. I think it's right. up to like 65% and growing. Yeah. Um, so and they the amount of money that these, these states are getting right. and right. the, like I was t- talking about before, the improvement of roads, schools, you know, um, teachers, you know, police officers getting higher income and being, you know, being paid with their worth. I think that that's such a big deal. Yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, yeah and right. I think that those states are so like, they're all all in. Mm-hmm. All yeah. in. So, I mean, if they came and pulled that, they would essentially destroy everything that that government has in that state has worked so hard for. Yeah, Colorado's been kind of— It would of piss the, a lot of people off for sure in Colorado. It would. Uh, Colorado now has become kind of the mecca for, for you know, open use in marijuana. Uh, I've never been there myself. I've heard it's still very clean. You don't walk around smell mm-hmm. marijuana smoke or anything like that. Uh-uh. But they have the number one economy in the nation right now. I've, and they're I've using been that, there since. they're using that money. They're using the tax money to better their state. Yeah. You know? And yeah. that's what Louisiana is missing out on. My, my boyfriend literally just went to Denver this weekend. I've never been to Denver, but I have been to California. And that's what he said. That he's like, there's not just people. Like, you don't just walk around and smoke. Right. Nobody's just, like, mm. waving bowls around yeah. and mm-hmm. passing joints in, in the street. <laughs> they are in Vegas. Too. D.C., you can't walk 100 <laughs> yards without smelling yeah well, that's kind of how it was in california because at first when i first got there i was like are we like can we walk and smoke yeah. and we were like i don't know yet but as we were walking like you would just smell it mm-hmm. yeah and then you so we were like all right so after like by day two we were like all right we're gonna we're gonna try it out and like literally like you just walk by somebody nobody even looks twice mm-hmm. yeah. they just smell and keep going they're just like whatever boop, boop, boop. yeah because they're you know immune probably to it. it's not too. crazy <laughs> they're yeah. probably stoned anyway yeah mm-hmm. yeah but I mean, it beats being drunk in public. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, how is. foolish have we all made ourselves look at least once? Okay. I mean, yeah. if everybody could take <laughs> that white girl wasted moment <laughs> that has twice, you know, twenty-five times tattooed each and every one of our brains, because everyone has that moment where you probably wish you shouldn't have. If we could take that moment and be and be high instead, think yeah. of the difference in that moment yeah. for you. I would have made way better choices. Mm-hmm. I would be like, I need to go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need a cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> I need Waffle House. And I, yeah, and even if I'm like drinking and like, you know, I feel like if I'm high. I don't want to do any, like, I don't want to do nearly, like, I'll have mm-hmm. one one beer, one cocktail, and I'm like, eh. Just want to sit there and enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. You don't even like, spend don't... as much money on alcohol, I guess. Yeah, yeah. like, I'm a little, I'm a little stoned, I'm going to have this one beverage, and I'm just chilling. Yeah. I think I'm good after this. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. one of the things I found so interesting when I started researching and started kind of experimenting, is growing up, I, I smoked weed maybe twice, maybe three times, didn't like it, I, I thought it was dangerous, I thought it was bad, and then after I started dealing with all my issues and started researching and stuff, like, this is not at all what I what it was purported to be. It's, mm-hmm. it's right. It's so much safer than alcohol. It it really really is, and it it mm-hmm. sounds strange to say that, but it's it's the truth. It is, no, and it's... and you know the the amount of money that the whole alcohol industry gets a year, mm-hmm. and the amount of money that people are making off of people's deaths because mm-hmm. of the alcohol industry. I feel like we need a second solution. For people to enjoy or entertain without, you know, having to have everybody that just entertained at your house sleep over, you know, or Uber or drink and drive, you know. It's just, it should be Mm -hmm. something that we entertain with eating, drinking, whatever. It should be, you know, have the option to be smoking instead. Yeah, and I feel like outside of all the factors of like, if, you know, you drink and drive, you're probably going to die. It's also just like ruins your actual life. Like you just yeah down right. this dark dark tunnel. You can ruin your family. It can yeah. take you from your children it, if mm-hmm. you have them. And what if you friendships? Don't, what if ruined? you don't have family and somebody to bail you out of jail for your D, DUI or DWI mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. they're calling it these days? Like, and then do you know how much it costs to have one? Yeah. So it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, and you're paying the government um, or our local economy a lot of money, and it is you're paying for a blower in your car you're paying for now they're doing you know cameras in the car so you're having to pay for all of this high-grade equipment if it messes up you fail if it could be the you know the whole blower but because it didn't work that person failed that time Mm -hmm. and then guess what happens they just tack on more time or they bring them to jail yeah and there's there's a lot of studies that are out that that in states that marijuana use is increasing, that alcohol use is decreasing. decreasing. Because just like yeah. uh, Kelly said, you don't feel like drinking as much. No, yeah, like um, I'm good. I'm happy the, where the, I'm at right and now. And what's even more astounding is the same exact thing is true for opioid use. Uh, the opioid epidemic is still going on, still going strong. Uh, they are making movements, but people are still dying every single day because of this medication. And there's study coming out month after month saying that the uh, states with a medical marijuana program has a lower rate of opioid deaths mm-hmm. than states that don't. Yeah. And we have a very high mm-hmm. high um, state, and especially city. This city, New Orleans, we have big cities here that are definitely affected, definitely affected by, you know, ghettos and people that have less mm-hmm. money and, you know, lower income places. And it's not just the opioid. That's their step one, and then they realize, well, I can't afford that. Mm-hmm. So they go step two, and that's heroin, and that's a huge addiction. That's really killing Americans 
all over the place and definitely people here right here right next door right in louisiana the poor community traditionally they deal with with some of the trauma that they deal and deal with in life which we all kind of deal with on a, on a varied basis but they deal with that with marijuana use and specifically the black community uh is not i don't want to say targeted but they suffer from more uh arrest than the white population or any other population for that matter um in comparison and so they they're being sent to jail like we talked about earlier they're being sent to jail and put into put into a system for something that people are making millions of dollars off of right and they're doing it to deal with trauma that they face from being in an underprivileged area exactly like we put them there and we're also we're we're taking them and then we're putting them in jail or adding all of these I don't know, um, money and fees and this and that once they get out of jail for probations or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're never going to get ahead, mm-hmm. no. ever. Right, that, that system is a, is a monster. Yeah, it's just a constant it's, cycle. It's, it's sad. Uh, and it, it, really it turns people, good people that maybe had a bad childhood into terrible criminals on, in the eyes of society, not in real life people like you and I. Like I can sit here and talk to you know, a convicted felon and I can feel you, like I feel you, you know, like – but other people are never going to sit down and have that conversation with that person because they're prejudged, and it's just bologna sandwiches. Yeah, mm, that's true. Yeah, there's a lot of issues with the criminal justice system, and that, that's a big one, a very, very big one, um, which, I mean, there, there is something we can do about it, though. I mean, we, we, there's elections coming up. We need to make that, that our voices heard on that issue mm. and let them know, uh, the sheriffs and, and our, our elected representatives, all of them, like, look, this, this needs a change, and you are the one that needs to change it. Right. Mm. Yeah, so, okay, we've talked about all these problems. Like, what is happening to fix it? Like, for, you know, marijuana, you know, being a Schedule One federally, like, I'm sure there's lobbyists up there lobbying, but are they ever going to get to the issue? Is there, like, other are there bills being introduced and they're just, like, tabling them? I mean, yes. People are to trying all, of like, it. all yes. the time. Yeah, to all of it. There, there's always bills being introduced. Any member of Congress can introduce a bill. Whether it'll go anywhere is another matter. It has to go through committee, be approved through committee, and then be ho- voted on in the House, get approved in the House, go to the Senate, be approved by the Senate, and signed by the President. So it's a long, drawn-out ordeal for anything to get passed. But, like, I, I don't even mm. hear of anything making it to the House or something. There, there have been the a couple recently, um, and, and the, the movement is I'm like the movement. Um, it is gaining traction. It really is. I, I consider this our— uh, like our generation's prohibition. It's happening. We're watching it happen. We're watching yeah. history made, being made in front of us. So it is happening. It's just happening very slowly because that stigma is still there and because there's still people lobbying on the other side. Yeah. And guess what? The people on the other side have a lot more money. Right. This is this is my theory. Okay, so I'm going to give it to you all. So there are two sides. There's one side, like Colorado, that went ahead and made this you know legal and look how well they're doing but it took a minute you know like think about how long ago i went to breckenridge went to a little shed out there one time and it was like 10 years ago and you had to be very careful of what words you use still but like 10 years ago or 12 years ago whatever versus today look how much that's grown and changed but it took so long for it to become there i think that the people that are lobbying against it are financially terrified and, you know, it's hard and it's scary, but, like, get with the program because it's going to help you out so much more. Aren't the people that are doing that, aren't they supposed to be looking out for the 
the well-being and the future of this country and not just your pocket personally and present. Like, this is something that's going to help our country in the future. And I think that everyone that's lobbying against it is so concerned about who they're going to piss off or who's not going to, you know, back them or whatever anymore. So we're all financially ignorant, I guess, when it comes to marijuana, you know. Well, who are the people that are lobbying against it? Like, what what conservative game do they have like well how does it affect them is it like the it's, alcohol it's people that don't want alcohol it's money. jails Any, anybody that, that can lose that can stand to lose money um and i and i don't necessarily like talking about it a whole lot because it it, it makes you sound like a conspiracy theorist but it's it's all true yeah uh right. think about who we've talked about thus far the alcohol industry the opioid industry people who make medication stand yeah. to lose a lot of money Those and when i say a lot of money i mean fuckers. billions and billions of dollars and they know this yeah um and they and, and the people in charge of this they run or they run corporations whose entire job is to make money for their shareholders so they're doing what they need to do to make money for their shareholders but that doesn't necessarily mean it's right for what's right for, for the country. country yeah um and that's our elected representatives positions that they need to be able to separate that mm-hmm. and say okay look i see where you're coming from but you are also coming from a point where you're yeah. focused on money, but, and I need to focus on my constituents. But right. they also like those checks too. That's what I was going yes. to say. You got, you know, that yes. the, the big mean, league, the tobacco big mm-hmm. leagues, the yes. uh, so we need pharmaceutical ca- big leagues have political friends. So we need um, campaign finance to, reforms. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, Jen. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I've I've looked into that That's a root little of it, bit, right? bit um, but you're asking people to reform themselves, yeah. and we're asking people to reform themselves by not taking as much money, and I don't yeah. see that happening yeah, for they're a never gonna very, be like, very you long know what? time. Yeah, do we all agree? Yeah, let's let's take less money. <sighs> so our hope with with CFW eventually is to have a membership base large enough. Uh, and enough influence to where we can help influence some some legislation both on the state and federal level, but we're a long ways away from that. Uh, that that's a long term goal that we do have, uh, but right now we're focused on our short term goals, which are raising awareness, which y'all are helping us with right now, and raising money. We are a five hundred one c three, so any donation is tax deductible, and as a nonprofit, as a five hundred one c three, we're completely reliant on on the generosity of others, mm. business businesses and individuals alike. Well, I want a t-shirt for sure. Can people buy them online too? People can buy them online. We have a website, uh, www.cannabisforwarriors.com. You can get the t-shirts from there. You can sign up for, uh, to, you can donate from there. You can also, if you qualify for membership, um, can sign up for membership mm-hmm. uh, to apply for assistance. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there. We also have a Facebook page, um, Instagram page, and a Twitter page. Um, our Facebook kind of hates us, so it's hard to mm. hard to hard to find us sometimes. Yeah, um, I you struggle search Canvas for Warriors and nothing pops up. Mm. You just have to like throw out. Oh, they're um, probably filtering that word. That's exactly. Yeah, what Yeah, you need doing. to put yeah. warriors yes. in. So we have. Uh, they have something. Actually, let me find my card. I'll show you what it is. It's, I think it's Heal Our Warriors. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you go to Facebook, the at symbol here, oh. Heal our warriors okay it's easier to find yeah yes um so question uh for the people that listen to the first podcast that you're on um your background you are a veteran i am so i did 10 years in the air force i was a canine handler and a military police i deployed to iraq twice afghanistan once and a couple other places here and there uh Mm -hmm. so i got in 2015 i finally got basically dragged to the psychiatrist's office and had to start talking about my feelings. I got diagnosed mm-hmm. with post-traumatic stress. That was after you were already um, 
discharged? No, I was still on the service. It is one of the reasons I got out of the service. Uh-huh. Um, because it, my, I, I was I was I was tired of traveling. It was just too much on my brain and my body. And um, for your family. And for my family, yeah. Uh, I missed, mm-hmm. I think, the first six birthdays of my oldest daughter, wow. and I was just always I was always gone. Right. I bet she loves having you. She around. does. Yeah. The younger one, my ten year old, came with me to to school yesterday. We had a bake sale, oh, cool. uh, and she Ugh. she said the only reason, the only way she would bake was if she got to come help sell them. So oh. she got to come to the law center and help sell. That's cool. Were you have you gone have you done like any father daughter dances now and stuff like that? I haven't done like, any dances. Those um, are always so sweet. I always like to ask dads that. Yeah. But I, I do, used to cry when I would go with I, my dad. I do every sem- every year or every semester for them. I'll take them out and have like a daddy daughter date day. Oh, that's uh, so yesterday was our our date day, uh, right? Which I think it's important too, just and for people like that smoke weed. Do that too, you know? Right. Like yeah. that's what I was gonna say. I think <laughs> it's a, I think we it's lo- they love their kids yeah. too, just as much. <laughs> weed smokers have feelings too. Right. Yeah, I think it's important that people know that about you too, and about all these people that are in this nonprofit organization mm-hmm. with you as well. That to all, just you know to change the narrative and to change the stigma that we're trying to change is that we're not just you know it's not a bunch of dumb potheads you have a man mm-hmm. that served his country for years on years on years mm-hmm. incredibly smart is in law school married two children that he's raising mm-hmm. is the an active father yeah clearly. an active yeah. father an active knows, participant in all mm-hmm. of his jobs that he dedicates himself to right and uh knows firsthand the you know the experience that veterans go through and the beneficial reasons of medical marijuana for them i was reading this um this information that you have and it says that the death of more than 50 veterans a day from suicide and accidental overdose right that that's uh those numbers fluctuate a little yeah bit, right but, but that is that is average. a general number that people use is yeah it's about 50 per day yeah um, which isn't way off from the non-veteran population but it is slightly higher wow yeah, because they've been through a lot. Right. And, and like I said, that there are studies that that, that number decreases in states that have a, a working medical marijuana program. Mm-hmm. So if we can get that number down from 50 to just to 49 yeah. or and 48 or 47, right. Especially why would we here. not? I yeah. mean, look at our crime rate. Look at all of the HIV rate. You know, a lot of that's needles. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly. I mean, not everyone is a complete whore. A lot of it is needles, you know, and... <laughs> I'm just, I'm so serious. Look at the crime. Look how high our crime, our murder rate. We're like the murder capital of the freaking world right here. Like, it blows my mind. We're the smallest, tiniest little state. I mean, not the smallest, but we're not even that large. And there's places like this that has so much hate. We're in the South. People are still pissed about slavery, even though we never, we weren't even alive for it. It's just, we need that peace pipe up in Hill. (laughs) We need peace in Louisiana. And if this will give peace here right then i mean that that love is contagious yeah and and you know like the benefits of um marijuana use for a lot of people you know the research is there but let's think about like the people that um have served our our country like if if there's a relief for them you know right like i mean yeah i want it you know i'd like it to be legal but you know more importantly people you know the how many how many times have you heard and you go into a business thank you for your service and here's a discount to you because you did this great thing everyone Mm -hmm. praises praises and praises veterans because of the greatness that they have spread to this country and allowed us Mm -hmm. to have the freedoms that we have and it's just bullshit that they Mm -hmm. don't have the right to the freedoms that they need these groups that are like look this is you know this is what we need like and, you need and to there's listen a way, to them. and there's a way that we can help uh any donation can help uh and that that is a, a very uh tangible way 
to say thank you. Uh, a donation will yeah. directly help one veteran or first responder be able to afford medication that they otherwise would not be able to afford. And I'd also like to point out that, like I said, we, we're, we're focused first responders as well. Some of these men and women, uh, we're talking EMT, policemen, mm-hmm. firemen, nurses, doctors, they see things mm-hmm. on a daily basis and have to mm-hmm. deal with things on a daily basis that I would see in my time in service while I was deployed. Mm-hmm. I would get to come home to my family and, and do a normal job. Yeah. They do it every day. And, the, and they, they are dealing with some of the same mental issues and physical issues mm-hmm. that all of us are and that veterans are, and they deserve the same amount of relief. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big stigma, too. Like, you know, m- like mental health is just becoming like a big deal within like the last five to ten years. People yes. are starting to recognize that like your brain is an organ that can also malfunction the same way mm-hmm. the rest of your organs can mm-hmm. malfunction. So I think it's like a big part of it, too, has to do with recognizing that, first of all, mental illness is a real thing. And now how do we combat that? So I think that that takes a big play in it, too, and just like trying to break the stigma, like why it's still a stigma, because when you're like, oh, well, this helps people with PTSD. And then there's people that is like, well, that's not a real thing. So it sounds like you just you know what I'm saying? Or just things like I have severe depression or I suffer from severe anxiety. And that's a real situation that you could be in. But then there's also people that don't believe that that's still a real thing. Like that, that reminds me of Shit's Creek. Whenever they were talk, when David was having a, yeah. what was it? What do they call it? Uh, um, a panic. A attack. panic attack. Yeah. No, that's not real. That's just for celebrities to basically have a, you know, day off. Right. But it is real. I started having panic attacks when I was 16 and pregnant, and it really feels like a heart attack. Like it just affects yeah. the entire chest. It, mm-hmm. I can feel my chest like. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, my God, am I dying? Am I going to, like, is this cardiac arrest? It is literally it is the worst feeling yeah. you can imagine. It's, it's, and it's hard it's to describe to people because it's it's one of those things they call an invisible scar. Right. You, yeah, can't, you can't see breathe it. You right. look fine. You, mm. you don't, you're not showing any physical symptoms. My wife, when I was one of my last deployments, my wife ended up going to the hospital for a panic attack. That's and so my exact scary. words were, you just need to relax. And I feel so bad <laughs> after having my own panic attacks. I was like, I've apologized to her profoundly. Usually. It's one of those it things that just sticks with you. Pain. It feels so bad. It is. Yeah. It's so painful and it's so scary. And you're like, you don't know. Like, I remember the first time I didn't, I really thought I was having a heart attack because it hurts so much. And it like, inside, like it was terrible. I could, it mm-hmm. felt like, and I'm like, oh my God, am I really dying at 16? And, and cannabis helps that immediately. Yes, it does. Immediately. It's And it's not the only, but if, if marijuana is what helps you, why are we keeping that from people? Right. What's the downside that we're saying that's too dangerous because of this, so you can't use it for that? I haven't seen anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, it's crazy. I was pregnant um, a couple times, um, but my last pregnancy in particular, my, my dad passed away when I was nine months pregnant. And um, obviously, even though you're, you're going to have a baby in a week, they're still not going to be like, hey, smoke weed. So they gave me Xanax. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. yeah. They gave me Xanax my last um, couple of weeks after have after my father had passed away, because they needed to. They saw it. They saw my blood pressure. Yeah, time, like right. they're seeing it, and that's the only thing that they could give me. That's a lot of birth defects. And if if it hadn't been the last two weeks, because prior to that, knowing that my dad had cancer and was dying, it was a lot of, you know, breathing in, breathing out, inhale, exhale, counting downs, ta- mm-hmm. counting sheep, whatever the hell I had to do yoga you know whatever i could do to get some type of relief but after you know my dad passed away they they prescribed me such harsh 
crazy shit. It like blows my but I had to because I was dying. Right. Luckily, it was the last trimester. It was only two weeks, and my baby is perfectly fine. She has an attitude, but I think that's hereditary. <laughs> um, but it's just crazy that they couldn't have been like just smoke a little pot you'll be fine but they but, didn't and i'm sure there's dangers associated with that but there's also dangers associated with every medication well, i was I, more scared of the chemical i would be too than yes. the I, flower I agree. I agree um and i i've i've done it myself i've stopped all my medication uh through the va and i don't i still deal with my depression and anxiety i still battle it every day but i feel much much better now um, the, I encourage anybody and everybody that's on prescribed medication to look at the side effects, look at what, look at what it's doing on top of what it's addressing, because that was my issue is I would find some that would work and some that would help, but the side effects that came along with it made it not worth it. Right. Um, and it's I, I here's just, a pill. I just didn't have a quality this. of life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, just, I was, I was a zombie. And that Xanax makes you mean. Or Does it? it to me. Oh my God. I like, I wasn't only, I wasn't sad. I was pissed. It just. It just changes you, and it then does. the next day, I'm feel I'm feeling still mad, like I'm still pissed from yesterday, and I don't even know I was just trying to not have a heart attack, you know. Yep. It's just so many things that, you know, cause and effect. Like, you know, if you take something like that, first or second trimester, I mean, your child could be tongue tied, have a cleft palate, cleft mm-hmm. lip, you know, things that are physically going to, you know, be on your child, or they ha- are going to have to suffer from it forever for chemical drug versus natural drug and i don't know it's just crazy to me how every medication they found other than tylenol can cause birth defects but i know not me for on record but i know tons of women more than i don't more that did than don't that smoked weed while pregnant and have genius children really? doing amazing things with their lives no, I mean, I was 16 and pregnant. I knew a lot of older <laughs> pregnant people. I was the youngest, of course, but I know that these people had normal kids. I know I've seen them, and it just blows my mind how they would prescribe me Xanax. And that and goes, it's, that it's goes back doctor, to what we were talking about earlier, uh, is unfortunately still a Schedule One narcotic, so we don't, we don't even have all the studies necessary to determine, is it safe for pregnancy? I would certainly not encourage it. But it, but I don't know, and I don't well, think I'm not having really any more does. children, so I'm not well, going to be the one to find out. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what pregnant woman wants to join that study. Oh, I don't know any either. But, but what I'm saying is, it blows my mind. That's that why they everything would, is like, don't do while you're pregnant because no one's tested it. Right. Yeah. No one wants to. Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll test it on my baby. <laughs> my dad told me, um, he had cancer and he was dying. I'm nine months pregnant. Hey, Kelly, you want to smoke some weed? I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> look how pregnant I am. He's like. Oh, it's cool. Your mama did it all the time. I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> that, that explains that's why it. I am who I am. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> my uh, my ten year old was born when we were in Japan, and when we were over there, the doctor kept telling my wife, like, look, you can't eat the sushi, you can't eat this, you can't do that. And everywhere we'd go out, she's like, I don't care. I'm eating the sushi. All these Japanese ladies are eating it, and their babies are fine. I'm mm-hmm. eating it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did a lot of research when I was pregnant because. It was, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. And my doctor was basically like, there may or may not be this website that you can do your own research, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like drinking alcohol or, you know, cause they say one glass of red wine a, a week or whatever. And he was like, I mean, you do your own research. I will 
basically still be your doctor, whatever you choose. Mm -hmm. So I did. And it was basically don't eat sushi from a gas station or from Rouse's. Mm -hmm. But if you go to a nice, credible Mm -hmm. restaurant like Ichiban, then yes. And it was mainly because you didn't want to get sick from the raw fish Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be pregnant. And have food poisoning. It's just about lowering your risk. Yeah, it's there's really nothing outside of like the mercury, right? And you're supposed to only have like what eight, six or eight grams of mercury a week when you're pregnant or something, which is so your doctor crazy. sounds awesome. Uh, first off, yeah. and that's what that's what I think everybody should be doing. Yeah, and your doctors should be the ones that you consult, and they should be the the opinion that you're taking. But it's your health, right? And it's your and body, and it's yeah. your mind. And so do your own research and bring and these bring I, these questions to your doctor like yeah. like you just described. Um, but it is I mean it's it's our body it's my body and and we need to be able to take control of our of our healthcare. Um, and and of course making sure that we're talking to the doctor about it. Yeah. But and like that's what I tell anybody who's pregnant now. It's like when you're pregnant, you're already can't eat a whole lot. I know. So if you want to eat it, just eat it. Mm. You know, it's not that big a deal. Because the shit that other, like, past generations have put their unborn babies through is nothing compared to you eating that soft cheese. Are you drinking that beer? He was like, I cannot tell you that there is not this certain website that gives you the amount of alcohol that you can drink, mm-hmm. beer, whiskey, you know, stuff like that while you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it's basically as long as you don't feel lightheaded, mm-hmm. you can drink it because mm-hmm. it's better for you to feel relaxed and pregnant yeah. than you know, all tight and wound up right. and stressed yeah. while you're pregnant. That's right. So that's what he told me. And Jules is I, fine. I listened to Christy. You know? <laughs> she did. <laughs> she did. And Jules is fine. I mean, she does yeah. try to beat up boys. She is beating up boys. <laughs> but, you know. I it saw Ryan. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> straight pimping at the playground yesterday. It kind of messed me up. Yeah. Yeah, she was. <laughs> oh, she pimped again? Oh, hard pimp. There was like four little boys, and every one of them wanted to pick her up and show each other how strong they were. <laughs> oh. yeah. Dude, Ryan. I was like, Ryan, get your ass over here. <laughs> Ryan's, getting, Ryan's getting weird. She's, yeah, she's she learning about the boy. She yeah. is getting weird. She's getting a little weird. Yep. It's happening. So thank you so much for being with us. Absolutely. And if y'all are interested in hearing and seeing more, from Mr. Christopher Lamy with Cannabis for Warriors. You can always hit him up online. Um, they have an Instagram, a Facebook, and that would be Boy- Heal, Our, Heal Warriors. Our Warriors. The Heal. at sign, Heal Our Warriors for okay. Facebook. And that's the best way to see this Cannabis for Warriors page and what they're trying to do for our local heroes here in Louisiana. If you want to see more, hit us up and check us out on YouTube because he will actually be on this week. And, again, that's Mr. Christopher Lamy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you all for having me. And um, if you all want more or to see more, you can go to www.cannabisforwarriors.com and see what they're doing for Louisiana, and maybe we can make this spread. Mm -hmm. That's a goal. So thank you so much, again, for being here. And this is another episode of Glitter and Gossip.